0: You have to have that space for fun. You get, you get six days to work, and then you rest. Uh, and Dad, Dad always said, work hard, play hard. And so that's, that's what we've tried to do, uh, is budget that time on the calendar.
1: When you think family time, does it cause you to cringe, or is it the most highly anticipated time of the week? We're encouraged to make family time a priority, but for some it can be a forced exercise so how can family time be really looked forward to by all a family culture of fun and laughter is possible and when it happens it creates even more anticipation i'm chuck barkis and my wife candy is joining me as we host this episode of this is family
2: i agree i think that good family time is definitely possible matter of fact i think it's god's gift to the family Uh, If you think about it in the Garden of Eden, the very first thing he says to the husband and wife is, be fruitful and multiply, which means he wants family. And then he went on uh, with Adam and Eve, talked in the garden in the cool of the day, showing us the principle of family time, the getting together. And so I think it's very important to God. Anybody can make it happen. It doesn't matter uh, what type of family you're in. It takes time it takes thought sometimes it takes a lot of planning it's a cliche but true family time is the gift that keeps on giving for now and for generations to come
1: so true i I couldn't agree more well today we're going to dive into a practical conversation about family time with some special guests we have with us today chris and leah henderson the hendersons have been at calvary since 2008 They're directors of the Young Marys, which includes the newlyweds up to age 35. Chris is dean of Christian leadership at IBC. He has a master of arts in ministry from Wesley Seminary, a bachelor's degree from Indiana Bible College. But off staff, he's also husband and dad and does that well. His best decision, he says, is to marry Leah, raising their boys Corbett and Wyatt being their blessings. Brother and Sister Henderson, welcome to This is Family.
0: Thank you so much. It's our for pleasure having us. It is, it is, babe. You said it right. It's uh, we go to Chick Fil A a lot, and it is our pleasure uh, to be on the podcast.
1: When you were growing up, what sorts of things did your families do that you remember as being pleasant experiences, and even maybe recreate those or weave those into your today's life?
3: I grew up in a family of all girls with my mom and dad.
1: I
0: grew up in a family of all boys until there was one sister. Ten years later,
3: the princess that came along <laughs> later. So my dad had the joy of raising three daughters, no boys. So we kind of all got to be the boys sometimes. And so I, a lot of my fond memories, which he laughs at me because now in my older days I don't like it's, going outside it's as much.
0: She she tricked me.
3: But growing up, many <laughs> of my fond memories, especially with my dad, were going. We'd get up crack of dawn before the sun's up to go fishing and i even remember going hunting with my dad which some of that was more of me curled up in a deer stand asleep and i'd wake up once the sun came up and got my oatmeal cream pie or something and it's kind of like all right are we done yet can we go home
0: (laughs) many hunters still do that go into the deer stand go to sleep wake up have an oatmeal cream pie
3: and we also had a lot of fun we had family vacations and it was a lot of the same trip every year, but that like repetition was like comforting because we knew what we were going to do. We had our favorite spots and it was just a time to relax. And my dad worked long hours and my mom was a homemaker. And so we didn't get a lot of time with my dad because he was at the plant and then he come home and he was tired and ready to go to sleep and eat and get up and do it all the next day. But there on vacations, we had dad with us. We had undivided attention. And so that's a very fond memory of mine.
1: There's a lot to be said about the anticipation of repeating something that you know has been fun, Mm -hmm. and especially when you look forward to more dad time, as you say.
0: Absolutely. Uh, We grew up much of the same uh, outside camping trips, uh, KOA camps, primitive camping, glamping as they call it now, then we called it RV. Uh, So a lot of the same things. One of the one of my favorite memories is a pay lake where we would go catfishing and you would pay an entry fee and then buy the pound. And it wasn't a, a huge entry fee uh, until you had six entry fees and then it got a little sizable. But, but mom and dad made sure that we could go out there and, uh, you know, catch some catfish or uh, go down to Corpus Christi. I remember one particular trip and it was... I was 15 or so, 16, something like that, and it was a spring break trip to Corpus Christi. Well, at that point, I was already dating my wife, uh, and I wanted to spend my birthday with my wife, my girlfriend then, and uh, I I made that painfully known as a 16 year old can sometimes do in the house uh, we went down to Corpus Christi and it was a, a terrible trip for me everyone else had a grand time making fun of me and making like down in the dumps Chris and all this kind of stuff and somewhere around the the Tuesday Wednesday mark I was like okay all they're doing is making fun of me this is not fun for me so I'm going to have fun with them now. And uh, even though it started really rough, I do remember that trip being a whole lot of fun uh, with my family.
1: It's interesting how we remember the good times, but then also the bad times too. So growing up, were there experiences that were not good experiences? Like, you know what? That didn't work for me as a kid. I'm not going to do that as an adult, as a parent.
0: What a great question. Um, Yes, there were. And without telling too much on my parents, uh, they were very young when they got married and, uh, very young when I came along and then my brothers subsequently came along and there were a lot of financial decisions, truthfully, that my mom and dad made that I said, I'm not, I'm not going to live like that. And so, uh, that was, that was one, it, and it wasn't fun. That was, that was the antithesis of fun is having that stress. And so that's one thing that, that I was like, you know what, this, this one little component, we had a lot of fun with low cost activities. I hope we get to talk about those. Uh, but that was one thing I said, I'm not going to do that.
1: We took a vacation one year where we didn't plan it. We simply got in the car and we started driving.
0: Mm, That's my kind of vacay.
1: And it was fun. I mean, we, we did horseback riding. We just kind of followed our noses and, It was fun. What does the day hold today? Exactly. Until Dad, me, decided we're going to climb some natural arch bridge, something or (laughs) or other, in Kentucky. It was my idea. And they came along because, well, they were tagging along. And they were exhausted. I took a picture. And if looks could kill, (laughs) I'm pretty sure the girls, our girls, will not take their families up this arch to repeat that but it has made for a great family laughter as despite the fact that it was frustrating for them it was sure. but good memories but sometimes bad memories come with the good memories right in the middle but then you have more good to go mm-hmm. along with them
0: yeah
2: Our growing up the memories that I have are playing games around the table. We played games all the time, you know, and different games for different ages, you know, it was Tippett hands down. And then we graduated to Monopoly and things like that. And my mother always had a bowl of popcorn there. So even today, ever, if you're, if you were a Coogan, (laughs) uh, popcorn is just part of it. And I didn't realize at the time that probably we had popcorn because it was inexpensive. Mm -hmm. But we love the popcorn, popcorn and games. And then I have this memory of having oranges there and peeling oranges. And again, it was probably something that was inexpensive. Uh, Then I have these memories of after dinner, my dad taking us on bike rides. And we would go from one neighborhood to the other. And my mom didn't go, it was just us kids. And we would bike ride. And that was fun. Then I had memories of Dad taking us to the library, mm-hmm. and we were—I was an avid reader—and so I, I attribute probably that to the fact that Dad would take us uh, to the library and get all kinds of cool books on George Washington and all mm-hmm. these kinds of things. And then the the other memory that I have is uh, in the summer going to. Uh, lakes and we would get a cabin and go fishing and Mm -hmm. it was just we were all together and uh, the funny thing is then we duplicated those things in our family Mm -hmm. and we had the popcorn and we had the games and now I'm watching our children do the same thing and then they want to have game night back at our house Mm -hmm. so wow I mean it doesn't cost a lot but it's just taking the time to have that family together.
1: Having quality family time does not require money. And most families at one point or another wish they had more money, but there never needs to be an excuse that we can't have quality time because of that. Mm -hmm. So you'd refer to quality without the cost. Mm -hmm.
0: And if it was up to me, like I said, that was one thing I wanted to change because I wanted to be able to you know, and we were, we weren't like poor or anything. The difference between a rich welder and a poor welder is only payday. And so we had, (laughs) it's true. And so we had, uh, we had things and we had fun, but, uh, you know, those low cost things we've, we've built that into the boys. Leo, why don't you talk a little bit about some of the low cost things that we do? Uh, just practical because fun is a mindset, you know? Absolutely.
3: In nice weather. I'm not, again, I'm not a big outdoorsy, I get to itching too much. I get allergic to too many things outside, but our kids like to go on bike rides and we even do bike rides with other families. It's like, Hey, it's a nice day. Let's go do the Monon trail and we can bike to lunch and then bike back. Our boys got into disc golf. For people who don't know, it's kind of playing golf with Frisbees. I'm very, very bad at it. And my nine-year-old likes to try and give me instructions on how to be better at it. Half the time I just am like, okay, I'll go, I'll walk the course with y'all. I'll help keep score and keep track yeah. of how many throws everybody has.
0: It's about being there with them.
3: Yeah. Just spending time with them and maybe grabbing an ice cream afterwards or something like that.
1: So quality time does not take money. And, but it does take intentionality uh, for people either spontaneously or through careful planning. You can have fun and but to value it, I think, is the core piece. To value family above other responsibilities is really a critical piece. Yes.
2: I think it's easy to put off family time because you are busy. And so it's like I'd just as soon sit down with a book and you know, a glass of iced tea, but there's those children That still needs you even though you're tired. So it is. I think you're exactly right. It's intentional.
1: There's not a person that dies that doesn't have or couldn't have a to-do list that's not incomplete. There will always be something to do. But with respect to family, it needs to be that we put them before some of the other things that can wait.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. My grandmother said, uh, Chris, busy people don't have time. They make time. And so to your point, we have to make time for fun and for unwinding and, and having that relationship uh, with, with our nuclear family unit. Yes, but also with other families uh, that maybe we go to church with or that are in the neighborhood or different things like that. You have to, you have, to have that space uh, for fun. You get, you get six days to work and then you rest. Uh, and dad, dad always said, "Work hard, play hard," mm-hmm. and so that's that's what we've tried to do. Uh, practically speaking, is is budget that time on the calendar. Say this night is guarded for us, and and I will put it on my physical calendar. Family night, or book with Corbett, or go with Wyatt, or date night with Leah. Or connect with these other families. It goes on the calendar because it's important.
1: And that ensures that it's going to happen. There's the reassurance that it's valued, there's the reassurance that it's coming up, there's the reassurance that it really will happen because dad, because mom value it. In addition to that, is the fun time that can happen just spontaneously. And those are sometimes some of the most memorable as well. There were times when Candy would be cooking supper and I would take the girls out on what I would call an adventure. Mm-hmm. And we would go into a field and look at bugs and whatever and might not walk 20, 30 feet, but be intrigued as we went. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was playing softball with the kids, with the wiffle ball in the backyard, having a great time just because it was nice weather while mm-hmm. something else was going on. So that spontaneity is uh, has value too because it's not just the budgeted time. It's also that fun time. Absolutely. And that, I think, then creates an anticipation of kids expecting what could happen next, what might happen, and there's there's the fun with that.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Laughter is, to a degree, a natural human response, but sometimes laughter can be misunderstood. Sometimes you see families or people laughing and you wonder what that's all about. Or um, our, our second grandson... Um, we, would, we would be laughing, and he didn't quite understand it, as an example. and <laughs> It's always
0: a fun age.
1: <laughs> it, well, it is. And are they laughing at me? What's going on? And so I thought, I need to teach this child about laughter and about giving and sharing. And so I taught him how to tell jokes. And he went from feeling he was being laughed at to being empowered to create laughter mm-hmm. And he became not just the recipient of Family Fun, but the creator as a child of Family Mm -hmm. Fun. It was a total dynamic. My point is, creating Family Fun and laughter is not just the responsibility of parents, but it can be taught and empowered in children as well. Mm -hmm. And when kids feel that, they're part of the team. And that teamwork creates um, successes. And, you know,
2: the Bible says that a merry heart does good like a medicine. So if you learn to laugh, laugh appropriately Mm -hmm. at the right things, I think it makes for a healthy family. To me, I mean, even Chuck, we'd sit around with your mother uh, this uh, stoic Norwegian lady, and if something funny would happen, she would she would laugh, and it was so contagious it would just go down mm, the table Absolutely we, we were laughing so much that I mean seriously you could hardly catch your breath and you know and some people had to run to the other room you know
3: <laughs> but and then after a while you forget what you're laughing about right, and it starts all over right, again absolutely. it's just
2: yeah. the laughter. And, and that's so healthy. So many people are so stressed today. And, uh, you know, so many things have happened in life, especially
1: to children. And it's just like, laugh. Mm-hmm. Tell a joke. Do whatever well, And, and laughter, laugh. I mean, a family might be, a person might be not in a laughing mood, not in a laughing environment. But yet to intentionally create that. Sometimes I'll just open up a joke page and we're driving in the car and I'm telling jokes to the kids. And... Then we'll start with knock knock jokes and then they'll tell their joke. And so and I then think you it's- laugh
2: because they're so dumb.
1: Well-,
3: <laughs> well, my favorite are the ones that like my nine year old doesn't get and everybody else is dying. And he's like the one reading them from the book and everybody else is dying laughing. He's going, It's the puns he I, doesn't understand. I don't understand. And so then trying to explain it to him. But sometimes you're the one that's like laughing so hard because you're like, Okay, I can't believe that he
1: doesn't understand this. Yes. And it's like, What do you get when you cross a rhetorical question with a joke? that that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and see the fun of that spontaneous laughter there I mean that's irreplaceable yeah. but it can be intentionally created it doesn't have to be spontaneous it just goes to show that you can take control of a situation bingo through intentionality bingo
2: so then there's um, in a family there's those uh yearly activities what um for us, usually it's a trip. Usually it's to Bardstown, Kentucky, to see the Stephen Foster story uh, with shopping in the little shops and things like that. It's, it's just a yearly tradition. We know the play by heart, but we just, it's it's our family together time. So what kinds of things um, do you all do yearly? We
3: go to Tuttle's Orchard pretty much every fall. Once, once it gets slightly cool, they know we're going and we're getting our big old bag of apples. And uh, my nephew was actually up here a week ago and he was asking, he's like, is it time to go to the orchard? Because he was here Mm -hmm. one year that on the time that we were going.
0: I love the language that you used. You said, we all knew the play. And that, that language of like, here's the script. This is what we're going to do. We're going to play this out. And everyone has their part. And, you know, you might watch a play four times, and it's the same play over and over, but there's always something that's a little bit fresh, a little bit new. It never gets stale. I made a reference earlier uh, today, and the entire room went up in laughter because we knew what the play was. And so I I love the the Tuttle's Orchard. What is one other thing that we've done? I feel like there's another one that I'm forgetting that—
3: well, we used to go to the circus back when it was in town. That was our December surprise for the boys always because they hadn't quite gotten on to the fact that, that it they happens every... Well, <laughs> they, were it,
4: younger they, they, were younger they were younger and, younger and they
3: hadn't that. quite caught on to that the circus comes every year in December. And so that was always a surprise that they would wake up on Saturday and we're like, all right, let's get dressed. We're going to go to town.
1: And then we'd end up at the circus. And that was a big thrill. Our girls and their families are in Bardstown enjoying that play. They went to the play last night. We're in Indianapolis here, not with them for the first time, probably ever, and but yet there's a there's a good feeling that I have that we've created a tradition, really, that started with Candy and her family. So it went from Candy's grandparents to her parents to Candy to our kids, and now they're doing it even without us. And so when a tradition is started, that is uh, success is carried on, and that's probably the definition of successful family traditions Mm -hmm.
0: and regardless of of what we have done to the listener whatever works for that tradition in in your family unit revisit that play go back to that moment recreate that time uh because it does it looks different for everyone and and that's an important thing to create those traditions and those uh those pegs to hang your memories on
1: I think for families to sit down around the table with their kids, regardless of age, and get an idea of what to do, when to do that, and to plan is a key piece. It's a simple piece, but it's a key piece because it says, family, you're important. Your opinions are important. What can we do? Mm -hmm. When should we do that? And then to make it intentional.
0: And kids will tell you what they want, what they like, what they don't like.
1: Sadly, I was talking with a man who he had enjoyed a, a meal with his family, and everybody was over and he was sitting around the big table with his family. And after people had finished eating, he said he looked around the table and everybody had their phone out except him. And he said he quietly got up and left. We've got to be, we're using this word intentional a lot, but we've got to be so careful to not get distracted away from things that are more valuable. Really, what's more valuable, family now or some Real or some mm-hmm. blog, whatever. So that process of face-to-face time sometimes is fairly rare with other family members. So to take advantage of that um, takes a little self- self-discipline, but yet has such great rewards when you have that conversation with the grandparents or stories you've not heard. Or maybe there's stories you've heard each year, but there's the value of hearing them again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So... Kind of in a final little moment, i would I'd like to just say a prayer over our listenership, uh, and they can join in. Y'all can join in, however, but I think that it's important that we that we ask God for those creative moments, not just for the spontaneous fun, but also for that biblically oriented fun that drives kids to scripture. That's and key to the truth because you're right. That's key. So let's pray, Lord, thank you for this day, for this time together. I pray, God, that you would bless the listener of This Is Family podcast. I pray that your spirit would inspire them, that you would help them to just unwind in a really stressful environment and to teach their family and to, to show their family how to have fun because people are watching God. And when people look at us, we want them to see you. So I pray that you would help us, bless us. We ask all of this in the name that is above every name. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Chris and Leah, thank you so much for joining us thank for, for this time me. of conversation. Family is critical, and we have been blessed with families. Absolutely. And as such, them being gifts from God, for us to hold that gift carefully, to care for that gift carefully, is a critical piece. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you. God. bless Thank you.
4: Wow, what a great episode. I really enjoyed that fun conversation between the Barkases and the Hendersons on This Is Family. I'm Ben Houck, once again with my wife, Stacy, and we wanted to just take a few minutes at the end of episode three here to make a very exciting announcement.
3: That's right, although Family Month is drawing to a close, we're pleased to let you know that This Is Family will continue to drop new episodes on a monthly basis moving forward. The feedback that we've received on this show has been so positive and we thank our listeners for being with us here at the start of our journey.
4: And the shows that follow will feature some very special and intriguing guests. Some of them you already know and some of them you may not know yet but all of our guests will challenge and inspire you to be the family that God wants you to be. Our next episode will drop on Thursday, October 20th, where we'll have a conversation with Reverend Neil and Sister Sonia Mack about planning for peace in our homes.
2: I
3: really can't wait for that episode. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a few moments to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. If you're not following Calvary on social media, please like, subscribe or share at CalvaryTabIndy on all your favorite platforms.
4: We hope you'll continue to join us each month as we come together to strengthen families and marriages on more episodes of This Is Family. For now, we say farewell and we pray God's blessings on your family.